Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Monday's Terrace Podcast, the Scottish football podcast that was well ahead of Copa 90, Mundial and other, every other disparate band of hipsters singing the praises of Alan Hutton. Welcome to the show, I'm Graham Thillis and today I'm joined by two fine men. Hello Craig Anderson. Hello, number one member of the Alan Hutton fan club. And hello Tom Watt. Hi, I'm kind of ambivalent at Alan Hutton. <laughs> it's Monday and we're dead for you lake so we'll be talking our way through the weekend's action. A rare weekend which saw all six teams kick off on a Saturday and an even rarer weekend that saw St Mirren win a game of football. Uh, St Mirren 2, Hearts 0 uh, with two goals from Adam Hamill one which is probably worth talking about and all of which we can also talk about as well but yeah, Hearts have really dropped off after winning the Apertura, haven't they? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's a, it's a big blow for them in their battle to stay up actually um, as they just, they just like look like we are completely bereft of ideas, confidence and everything now, having gone from a team that was flying high, winning literally more or less every game, and then it does look like, obviously they obviously they have had injuries, but again, you could probably have said 10 injuries, you'd still expect them to beat St Mirren. That St Mirren team hadn't won a game since the opening day in the league, and Hearts have still got much better players than they do, so there's just something kind of not, Right there, it feels like it's that kind of cliche of they just need a jammy 1-0 win now, but I am thoroughly enjoying their tumble down to It's <laughs> 500 minutes without a goal, yeah. Yeah, which is pretty grim reading. Another, I think it's a full month, which is uh, yeah, not, not great considering. Um, so sorry to be the harbinger of doing there. Um, I think there was, even though they had like a real... You know they, they they have dropped off in recent weeks. There were sort of mitigating circumstances in both the injuries and the fixtures. Like they did have a tougher run of fixtures, but there isn't really any excuse to lose against the St Mirren side, who uh, have looked absolutely inept right throughout. To give them their credit, they looked an awful lot better than they have at any point in the season, including the first game of the season. They looked like the with. with Three, three of their back four aged what, 22 or under they looked very solid whether that was just because Hearts had nothing other than attempt to find Stephen McLean who did nothing all yeah. game I, I, I don't know but their defence looked good um, Hamels played at a very decent level uh, looked looks fit and up for it and he linked up well with Simeon Jackson who the two of them look a class above um, and Hearts 
didn't like I said they just didn't have any ideas it was it looked like a team cobbled together and uh, they're just bereft of any kind of creativity well, it seemed that Hearts sort of changed. They seemed they started off as a four-four-two, uh, and then moved to a four-three-three with with White out in the left for them. And again, I think, with, with I think a, a shortage of uh, left wingers down Tynecastle Way, as uh, <laughs> Tommy Robinson has obviously noted. Um, and yeah, Whiten's uh, he's quite uh, Yeah, he's. Yeah. I mean, people have always said that's his best position, coming off the left, playing as a sort of inside forward on that side. The problem is. He, He's never shown to be good enough to be playing for a team like Hearts in the first place. They've brought into his potential, but that potential looks a long way away. Like he's not a young man. Oh, sorry, as a young man, but he's not like eighteen anymore. Yeah, he's not the kind of guy busting through. You expect to get performances out of him now, and they're, they're not getting them. They're getting more out of Callum Morrison, who is a yeah. younger option than they are out of Whiten, who was signed to contribute something to the first team. It's not like you know. They obviously took their gamble and suited and it paid off big time, but it doesn't look like the white and one's going the same way. And as, as well as that, particularly for Hearts, when you've got two left-sided players, and if you're looking at White as the third left-sided player, you've got Garuccio and Mitchell, who seems to sort of interchange regarding... It's just a case of, oh, today's Garuccio, and then I'll sub him off for Mitchell, or I'll start Mitchell, then I'll sub him off for Garuccio. Whereas... I think we've discussed at length how Mitchell isn't really a left back, isn't really a left winger, but I would presume he's got slightly more there than Whiten has at the moment. I understand you play Whiten because you try to play him into the game a little bit as well, but the two of them on the left hand side seem a much more natural fit for a Hearts team, either as either on a four four two or as in a four three three. So why would you not do that again? He, he did that in Mitchell's first couple of games, and it seemed to be quite positive. And then Garuccio disappeared, and now Mitchell's back, but. Seems to just sort of alternate between the two, which doesn't seem quite right. Um, and then Sean Clare um, as well, who again I think is a is a longer term option for Hearts, um, but seemed to offer very very little um, throughout the match until just before he got subbed off when they started to play a little bit and then stopped mm. almost immediately and then was subbed off. So a, a, a bit of a loss. And Steve McLean, as you say, um, McLean's big sort of benefit of or benefit to St Johnston over the years has been his ability to, to draw players into the game and yeah. his role at St Johnston changed, changed as well depending on the players around him if he was playing with somebody like Stevie May or Hasselbank or something he facilitated but latterly became the central goal scorer but again that was because he was the main focal point of the attack in there which is fine but again as we said before the season started McLean doesn't have the legs potentially to do that and without Uchi or without Naismith in there as well looks like he's really going to struggle to be this, this our main centre forward for Hearts as well so we can move on to some minutes. Yeah, so we should absolutely yeah. move on to some minutes before we absolutely 13, 13 games without a win it was. Before that one, Kearney hadn't won since he took over. I think that was game number 10 for him. You were starting to fear a bit for them. And it's a huge result. It actually pulls them to within two points of Hamilton in front of them. So yeah. it's like, and, and I think they play next. So it's yeah. all of a sudden from being seemingly doomed, yeah. they could easily be like Hamilton. And Hamill does just look like the difference maker, as you pointed out earlier, Tom. It's just... We've, we've kind of talked about it a lot. He's just got ability. Um, I think he described himself in the, the post-match as a bit of a maverick player or that he'd been described. I, I, I absolutely loved it. <laughs> Talking about yourself as a maverick. Basically, <laughs> just say, do you know what? I'm not going to work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hands, hands totally up here. I've just sh- I've just scored from it 35 yards. <laughs> so I'm going to say it now 
so that you'll remember this when eventually when I don't when I do absolutely no graft in the future that you're going to remember this but yeah I'm a maverick that's uh, me but you think of Hamilton with Templeton last year a similar yeah. type of player someone who just can come in and he, he just makes stuff happen and, and that first goal is just an example of making something happen now as much as, as I think we should be critical as Lamal for that because you shouldn't be getting caught by that kind of shot at the same time Nobody's expecting me to hit no. it. <laughs> it's, that kind of, it's that kind of weird combination, but I do think the goalkeeper, regardless of whether he expects him to hit it, he's scrambling all over the place and, and gets nowhere near it. And it's, I think, the third game in a row, potentially, was Lamelles, or, or if not the third game in a row, certainly the third in recent memory, where he's done poorly for it's a goal. He's been culpable in one yeah, way or another. They said one in the semi, and then Ross Miller's yeah. straight going right through him. Not great. Um, on a, on a much more positive note, um, Kyle McGuinness in the in the St Mirren team seems like he's managed to step up into that team in a way which a lot of the other teams, a lot of the other players that came up in the Championship squad either haven't because you know they've been punted by Alan Stubbs or they just haven't really got there. Steve McGinn, I get the, every time I watch McGinn, I get the impression that he's not quite at fitness, mm-hmm. and I don't know whether that's something he got away with at the Championship because it's a lower intensity or because he's he's not realising there. Don't remember him. Don't think he was that brilliant when he was back up here with Dundee when he played at this yeah. level before. It was, it was a similar sort of criticism, I think, from him. He was fine when he was young and energetic in his first spell at St Mirren when he um, he got the move down south. But I, I didn't really expect much from him this season. I've got to say, and, and I've not been. Um, and and likewise, his brother I think is is very solid and reliable. But again, he's not. He's yeah. not. A, He's a 10th place. Partick Thistle, he was fine at Partick Thistle. Yeah. Yeah. He's a 10th place player at a push. I mean, a lot of, like so many of the teams in the, in the division at the moment, the difference one win makes to your kind of all the stories round about it. Because St. Mirren have gone from being almost as bad as Dundee, who are. I can't think of a worse side in in recent in recent memory uh, in the top flight. You know, as bad as them to touching distance of Hamilton and being actually quite a vibrant young side. You know, it's an incredibly young team. Uh, you know, a seventeen-year-old at left back. Um, the he two, looks simple, yeah, he, yeah, he, he looks absolutely terrific. Yeah. But, but bearing in mind that. Some of the other bodies yeah, that played out there for, for St Mirren this season as well. He just looks very, very comfortable. He's going to have difficult spells in the yeah. season because he's 17 years yeah. old. But much in the same way, perhaps, like sort of Greg Taylor thrust into a team yeah. which wasn't really filled with confidence but backed himself continually. If he mm-hmm. even continue along those lines, I was, it was in the game before this, perhaps two games ago, he, 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 he had a he's really good game. Celtic game, right? Yeah. Yeah, he came in, um, <clears throat> obviously, out of the blue a bit. And, yeah. Um, Played particularly well. Look, looked really good, but again, it's just one week. It's well, again, if you can put just any sort of consistency to that, it's a very. I mean, as you say, it's a very young um, St. Mirren team. It's a very young St. Mirren back four as well, um, and they all looked fine. Yeah, all looked, yeah. All looked very comfortable. I mean, to be hard spot, poor, yeah, but yeah, again, yeah. you can only you can only beat the players that are in front of you. Um, yeah. McGinnis possibly fortunate to stay on the field, on the pitch. I, I think that was a red card. I um, I think. It's one of those that looks worse in the replay than it did in real time. In real time, it looked like he, which it was. He went after yeah. the ball, um, missed it, and, and caught him on the top of the foot. But I think the way he thrust his foot down onto the player, it, it probably should have been a red card. But it's one that I don't really blame the referee for not seeing in real time because it, it didn't look that bad when you watched it the first time. You yeah, kind of thought that's it's a bit late. Yeah. 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 Exact same challenge in a game where either the other players or the fans react a little bit more, and it's a red card. I think. 
by the letter of the law. It, it absolutely was, but there wasn't that much complaint. And Arnold Jim's this little goal. I thought McLean was offside. Yeah, and I think he does go for it. Yeah, um, I think it, it's funny. It was, I, I watched the replay a bunch of times, and that, I, that's the, that's the same the yeah. same the same feeling I had on it. But it was it's very funny, very, very weird to look. I had to look at it a number of times. So one that got kind of lost in the um, the furore about Neil Lennon was the one in the Edinburgh Derby, where it was something very similar, where it was like a very curious offside decision, which led to that disallowed goal, which led to Lennon yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. celebrating the disallowed goal. And, and it was unclear exactly what was given and I think it was something very similar where the player who was offside didn't actually touch the ball but he did make a move towards it and, and impact the, the opponents in some way and so it was kind of funny because you don't see those very often yeah. to see it. I mean maybe it's because of the way Hearts play and they, they do get people in the box and they are trying to push the boundaries in terms of being offside and trying to float into positions and stuff but I thought it probably wasn't, and ultimately I don't think it was a massive because I don't think they were no. going to uh, they were going to score again regardless. Um, just a minute, it's just, it's just I've been obviously very critical of them, but yes. you, I've said a couple of times you can start to see little shoots of what they are capable of, and it's just trying to piece it all together into another performance and actually extending that to a win next week again. It's certainly something that I, I may, may as well talk about it now, isn't it? does feel like a very big weekend for all the teams down the bottom and Aki's got a doing off Celtic and you get a doing off Celtic everybody gets a doing off Celtic yeah. it's not something you're going you're gonna to lose a great amount of sleep over but they take a doing on the same weekend that Dundee grab a point which we'll get on to obviously um, St Mirren grab three points which to be honest, I mean, is anybody looking at that game in the build up and saying oh, St Mirren they've got a real chance here and even Motherwell grabbing three points against Aberdeen is another one that you might look at and say nah don't fancy I don't, yeah. I don't fancy Motherwell's chances there so as the results were coming in, this one particularly felt absolutely crucial. Yeah. Um, because again, everyone else picks up points and they don't in a game. Yeah, it's, it's a very strange weekend uh, for that. I thought. Um, and just just final on this game, Hearts fans really hate Ryan Edwards, eh? Yeah, that <laughs> is, uh, I, it's a funny situation because he's obviously currently a St Mirren player, yeah. so you would expect him to um, be happy for a teammate who's just scored a goal and his team has just got a win but obviously the fact it's against Hearts it's a very he's put in there and this is exactly why there's a rule where you can't play against your parent club because yes. imagine if he scored that goal <laughs> what a goal I just like uh, Morientes doing it in the, yes, uh, yes. Yeah. I kind of doubt he, I, I doubt Ryan Edwards would refer, refer to himself as a maverick I think I think that's probably it's the only time his career is ever going to be compared to Fernando Morientes <laughs> Anyway, so moving on from there, um, we'll, we'll head to Ibrox as Rangers put three past Livingston. Um, and again, as I said, the way the results have, have panned out, Livingston now, as I'm sure we said a couple of weeks ago, Livingston could not score another point until the end of the season and they'd probably be safe. Again, just very suddenly things mm. change. They are still that just that little step ahead. But good result for Rangers. Are Livingston on a bit of bother? I mean, it's hard to tell because it looked like they played very well. Yeah. Um, they'd be more, more or less matched Rangers for the first 75 minutes of the game. They, they went behind, but they created a lot of chances. They didn't look, you know, they didn't look like a team who. I mean, you think of the amount of teams that have got in the Ibrox this, this season and, and folded. Yep. Like, um, See more there, of them. I was going to say. <laughs> um, and, and I, I, I think Kelly are still the only team that have taken a point in the league um, from there this season. Right. And. Um, Levy were well in the game. Keegan Jacobs looked like they had a tremendous game. Um, a lot of them did, and so you're you fear for them in the sense that the results are not coming. Even you know, 
last time out they drew with Celtic, which sounds seems like a great yeah. result at the time, but then you, once it starts getting mixed in with a bunch of defeats, it becomes and, less valuable. And among that as well, even though they got a point against Celtic, they had chances within. Yeah. The, they had chances to win the game. They're arguably a better team. Yeah. They, 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 they had again, as you say, they probably they made the better chances in the game to score and didn't, which is kind of the point I was going to get on to. And and that Menga's obviously out for his two game ban. Miller's out for a period of time. Um, yeah. So not Ryan Hardy's injured as well, which means you're left with sort of Scott Robinson or the other Jack Hamilton. Um, yeah. And yes, Livingston are, are terrified from set pieces. We've seen that so far this season. We know Livy are terrified from set pieces, but it's not something that you can continue to rely on. Should they just shove Declan Gallagher up front? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, the, so the, the closing argument to this is: does, do they, at which point do they stick Halkett? Or Lithgow or Declan Gallagher up as a as a centre forward. It, it works for Cardiff. It works for Callum Patterson. All I'm saying is, if you want, if Olivia want to embrace this chaos ball culture that they're creating, absolutely go for it. You got to go play Declan Gallagher up front. Um, they just look a little bit blunt at the moment, um, which is my, my concern for them really. I think that uh, every single team in the league almost uh, gets a run of form based on. Who they're playing, um, <laughs> rather, than, rather than the anyone being actually that good because of the way that the fixtures have fallen. And I think that's a little bit like what, what's happened with Livy. They haven't had a, they've had some pretty poor results against teams they should have done better at. And but the performances have been largely good. Yep. And I think it was a, you know, it was it was very flattering on Rangers with a, 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 a three nil at you know, the post nil nil. Um, they had their chances, and. Even at one nil down, they looked the more they looked more likely to score than Rangers to get any more. And it, and like you say, that kind of chaos that they create, Rangers didn't really know what to do with. Um, you know, they they bit of game management and bringing on Morelos so he doesn't get booked and misses whichever important fixture it is that is coming up. Dundee, I think. Does it Dundee? I think it's Dundee. It would have been a good idea for him to just get booked in this one and then that. Um, but he, like, he, he totally changed the game and um, you know a good goal and a, a good assist and, and made it look far more impressive than it actually was. But I, I think Livingston look it, even if they like the, they'll have their priorities for January if they can be there or thereabouts until until then and can get a striker in, another striker yeah. in then they should and be De, De Vita and Miller should be back around about January. I think Hardy. Hardy's been a bit a week away from fitness for about four months now. Yeah. Um, I think the worry is that um, there seems to be a bit of talk about Halkett leaving in January because I think he's, he's out of contract, contract in the yeah, summer, yeah. so they've got to cash in. They've obviously brought in um, Big Hink. Um, Hink Van Shake. whatever he's called. But uh, he would be a massive loss, Halkett. Um, yeah. And that's when you start worrying, you know. But Because I, immediately once you step away from that team, then you're looking at you either need to bring Lamy into the centre yeah. or you need to stick in Saunders or something like that and again it just it's a real I mean yeah. how it's so good there was, uh, there was somebody on, on Pie and Bob the other day saying there's something like 35 clubs that inquired about Craig Halkett yeah. it's not it's not a great no. scene <laughs> you can see him playing in the English Championship as well because he's a big huge boy like yeah. it's um, mm-hmm. you wonder what the hell is going on at Rangers since they let him go in the yeah. first place like then they've had to go out and spend what 5 million quid in centre half this summer yeah. like that yeah. I mean, considering some of the junk out their youth system, they did get a chance when they were in the lower <laughs> leagues. Like, uh, how, did Kyle, they, how many, how many uh, teams did Kyle Hutton play Ross Perry, Ross Perry was playing centre half for them. Um, on this as well, just 
does Kyle Lafferty count as a good signing for Rangers in that he's performing in exactly the way that he's meant to in the, the games before or after Europa League games he plays yeah and they get enough out of him. Is that does that is that what is that what is that all he needs to do? It is, it's very much Rangers have had a history of this of just signing guys and they sign them for like a million pounds roughly in that region. They come in, they don't score very many goals, they don't do that much, but you kind of kind of left with this idea that they're okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I I think I I totally buy the point and the reason for doing it, but it just Seems like such a waste of a million pounds. <laughs> it, it, it seemed like a, the, 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 the way in which the pursuit went on. It went on. It was such a. I mean, it was officially a transfer saga. It was. And it went on for so long, um, and all the way through. I mean, Lafferty good. Lafferty's yeah, fine. fine. But also, is that not like roughly? It's not massively more. It's not massively less than what you paid for Morelos, who is what. 16 goals or something yeah. this season um, in all competitions and it's just, it's, it's just fantastic um, on that as well I thought Ryan Jack throughout the game was absolutely terrific in the Rangers midfield and showed exactly what he's meant to be yeah and then um, I wanted to, to talk about Alan McGregor's get up he, he looked like a public goalkeeper he's shot with him top what are you doing like, like I, the first thing I, the first thing I watched the highlights I'm like what's going on there who's in goals for Rangers and then it was McGregor and I'm like but he doesn't look like Alan McGregor he doesn't look like a goalkeeper because he's shot with him top don't, don't do it. Do you know what, right? Just, this is a point that I meant to raise before at the Scotland games, but see the Scotland goalkeeper kit in the orange room, right? I've now seen various, like McGregor and I think Gordon wearing it. Um, I've seen the under 21s wearing it. I've seen the under, I've seen the under 20s wearing it. I've seen the women's team wearing it. And I stand by that this is, it is the least flattering Scotland shirt that has ever been. <laughs> I wonder whether it was just McGregor, whether, particularly what it was. I've seen, everyone that I've seen wearing it, just looks terrible in it. It's there's something particular about it. I can't quite put a finger on it. So if anybody knows what it is, please tell me because I can't quite figure it out. Last point for me with Glenn Middleton, he seems to be just yes. becoming more and more central to everything Rangers do. He's only nineteen, I think. So he he looks really good at the moment, and he looks um, probably one of the most exciting players in the league at the moment. He's starting to be trusted a bit more in these kind of games. You wonder whether he'll start, maybe get a start in midweek. It'll be interesting. Um, I, I, it's difficult to see. It's difficult to see. I mean, Rangers have a series of players that have performed well just now, but in terms of there was somebody, it was one of those um, football I don't know, banter accounts saying that he's contributed to like a goal or assist every fifty minutes that he's played in, and I, it's a small sample size. Of course, mm-hmm. there's going to be numbers like that, but. When it is, as long as it stays like that, you have to keep playing, I'm sure. Like. When they brought him on against Villarreal in the um, the game out in Spain, yeah. he, he gave the, the camera to the right back, is, but he, 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 he did, the the same, did the same in Moscow as well. Yeah. This is, again, a guy as young as he is turning up in Moscow um, in what was a weird, looked like a weird stadium, weird atmosphere, and just didn't give a shit. Yeah. He just went and played. I thought he was absolutely terrific that game as well. Okay. Yep, smashing yep. Uh, we'll move on to another 3 nothing victory um, as Motherwell absolutely smashed Aberdeen um, in much the same way that Peter Hartley smashed Lewis Ferguson's dick to pieces um, so <laughs> smashing yeah, uh, two goals from Danny Johnson and one from David Turnbull um, yeah back to his back yeah and so and Billy came into the team um, yep. what, would you, what did you make of his performance he was great um, very comfortable I, again it's it's difficult to talk about Motherwell without talking about how poor Aberdeen were um, Tom, do you want to take that off? No, I think that's absolutely fair. And I, I was struggling to figure out who I was most pissed off with on Saturday, and I've decided it was all the people who kept telling me how shit this Motherwell back three were. Because <laughs> I was like, 
turned up to see some sort of like it's like turned up to see some sort of pub band and yeah. the support act and yeah and they were just like sort of 1960s Rolling Stones and made to look good by the surroundings uh, but yeah I was, I was expecting like you know a relatively untested goalkeeper recently a back three that everyone's been slating um Suspensions, injuries, and a, you're just a team that can't score any goals. I'm just thinking this is going to be a this is going to be a laugh, isn't it? And no, it was thoroughly miserable for uh, any Aberdeen fan. And they were terrible, and Motherwell were very, very good. I really, really, really enjoyed the statistic that since Motherwell beat or since Aberdeen beat Motherwell seven two, Motherwell have now beaten Aberdeen three nothing on three separate occasions in three separate competitions. There's, there's, it's almost <laughs> a, a, a every season there is like a a, a game that they. Motherwell really turn up and Aberdeen don't bother. Yeah, and uh, yeah, three consecutive seasons. If Mar McGee put a hex on them, do we think? Yeah, McGee yes, hex. he took Stevie Hamill's uh, cost amulet and then <laughs> buried, buried it in Derek McInnes. Um, in, in terms of the, the defence in the back three and Abulu, the biggest part or the biggest change to it, I thought was Liam Grimshaw. Yeah. Um, who came in at uh, right wing back who absolutely terrored Max Lowe I think Max Lowe's a fantastic player he's been really good for Aberdeen but it was about four or five minutes into the game it was a 50-50 challenge you see Grimshaw looking up with just glee in his eyes absolutely clattered him about five minutes later Lowe was coming down the line saw Grimshaw coming and just emptied the ball he was just like I'm having fucking as I'm playing a cup final mate there's no <laughs> chance I'm going anywhere near this and it was something I was talking about Cadden last year and Grimshaw this year but Grimshaw's just aggression on the right hand side he is Grimshaw is a limited player I don't mean that as a, as a in a particularly critical way just the stuff that he does he sticks to only the things that he can do and he's very good at them he keeps the ball he doesn't give the ball away and he kills people in tackles mm. um, he is the way in which he was sort of patrolling the right hand side of the park allowed everyone to move up with Mbulu inside him as well there was another level of aggression there as well which we I mean the back, the Motherwell's defence has been okay, but the the way in which, the reason that it succeeded last year was because of the aggression of Kipri and, and the pace of Dunn, which have gone on about at length, and Mbulu just added a little bit of that there as well. Grimshaw, <coughs> while Cadden's been, been performing admirably in a position that isn't really his out of right wing back, Grimshaw it's not his position either, but just ran at the game, absolutely absolutely jumped at it, and it was it was really really impressive from from both of them. See, you touched on the. Um the fact that maybe um, we'll be thinking about the cup final, do you think like that did play a part in the result and do you think it, Motherwell are probably the worst opposition you could play in the week leading up to a cup final because they're obviously so physical, so aggressive, you're not going to get a second, it's not like if you turned up and played against, who am I going to say, who's this sure, soft I'd, team I'd, I'd, or something, they're not going to rattle you. I would say p- potentially Livingston. Yeah, I, right. <laughs> same reasons. Livingston's chaos ball or Motherwell, but for the, for the same sort of reasons, and again, Motherwell looked fairly up for it. Um, Aberdeen had a couple of chances early on. Shinny had a great chance um, before Motherwell scored, which he really should have put away and didn't. And from that moment on, the game just sort of turned at that, at, at that exact moment. Shinny puts it away, it's a different game. Um, but Motherwell looked... At the time, I was terrified because we, all we do is concede goals just now, but broadly throughout the game, we were fairly, fairly comfortable mm-hmm. throughout it. Um, Aberdeen didn't have a huge amount of chances throughout it. Gillespie... I still have no idea whether he's a good goalkeeper or not because he's just very well to do it. The, the moments he had to do something, he did exactly what he had to do, but again, it just wasn't under a great amount of pressure from, from Aberdeen. Yeah, I think it, I mean, there, there might be something in the in the week before the cup final, but I think there was, there was just like a real uncharacteristic lack of concentration. Like the Aberdeen have been prone to these 
games where they just like shit the bed mm. and, and and a couple of times this season more than more than most and kind of just implode and all you know it, it evens itself out um, but they, there was like some real lack of concentration from players that you'd normally rely on like now McGinn had the worst game he's <laughs> had for Aberdeen um, just was playing absolutely suicidal passes uh, James Wilson completely enormous Stevie May completely enormous Constantine was really poor as well Constantine again like it, it, it was a that was probably the only position that no one was sure whether he'd bring in Don Ball at centre back and everyone's kind of relieved he didn't I think all that, yeah. uh, the he didn't go into centre back. We had two left sided centre backs. No, no one in defence played particularly well. Logan had a horrendous game. It was absolutely terrible. I, th- I, th- I thought McKenna was fine generally, but he was the only one. Yeah, McKenna, McKenna was fine, but you could see Motherwell every time Maine was looking for the ball, he was just peeling off on a constantly. So McKenna was trying to follow him a bit, but again, it's just every time he got near constantly, he just and it was he saw it in the third goal as well. He didn't even get particularly close to constantly. He jumped at him and constantly sort of jumped at the he way. Did, uh, but the what's the Devlin so crucial because Devlin yeah, just absolutely. him and McKenna that partnership has just looked great. But then you look individually at all three goals and there's just in massive individual errors. The first one, well, that's it. The slack pass was it low with Mc, the slack pass? McGinn sorry, the slack pass, and then. Shea Logan just backing off all the way into the car park. So Logan, yeah. Logan starts off by doing the right thing and tries to sort of push him away from goal and gets to the end of the box and I think he sort of realises quite how far back he's retreated and, uh, and there's a great shot on, uh, on Motherwell's fantastic social media which you just see Logan, you just see the second that Johnson goes the other way and you see Logan look, look around and go ah and then the second one Stephen May just falls asleep at the front post yep. um, and allows the kind of flick on um, with a flick on right and then um, the third one for it was just it was chaos, chaos in, the, in the Aberdeen defence but something which has been kind of underrated in it is the ball I actually thought Turnbull had just sorted his feet out and got shot away but the touch that Turnbull takes to pop it up so he can sort mm-hmm. his own feet out is, is absolutely fantastic the guy is he was excellent he was, he's really yeah. is terrific and I, again Motherwell you think that's, that's made the difference though in him coming into the team I think the, the way in which Motherwell was set up the midfield instead of having McHugh, Rose and Campbell you have Campbell Biggeramana and Turnbull and you three guys that want to play there like Biggeramana has worked very hard to get in, back in there Turnbull just makes everything look so fucking easy like he's just he shot a lot in the 20s and he looked like a natural footballer and everything came very easily to him um, and you wonder whether that would translate to, to, to the sort of full-time football and as it turns out it does he just never looks particularly flustered in the ball never looks like he's under any great pressure and just keeps finding himself in the right spot to, to bang goals in as well I thought yeah the three of them are really really impressive in midfield I was delighted to see Campbell back in the team as well He's if he's back and he's fit and he's ready to play again then absolutely delighted couldn't be, couldn't be happier to have him there Magic yeah the only other thing I had to say was to check out the, 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 Lewis, the, the volley and the uh, Lewis Ferguson's cock which is unbelievable <laughs> and, the, and the only other thing as well for the next match um, I think McHugh's suspended and uh, Peter Major McHartley um, is also suspended so that means one of Donnelly Dunn or Adam Livingston will come in as well to the Motherwell defence so again it's just a, a query of quite where that goes and who that goes with um, against uh, a terrifying Libby Chaos ball. Um, so there's going to be like no natural centre half for Motherwell and no natural striker for Livingston, so that'll be an interesting. Yes. <laughs> just, all, yeah, just, like, just agree to both players. Just to move the ball. Totally fine. Um, so we'll move on to um, move on to Easter Road, where 
Hibs took a 2 nothing lead and then somewhat remarkably Dundee made it to each um, huge result for Dundee going into the uh, the game against Aki's um, particularly as I said earlier with, with St Mirren and Motherwell also winning as well huge result um, unbelievable <laughs> I, I don't know I think of all the surprising results this weekend this was the least surprising end result <laughs> I think yeah, like you would never have bet on Dundee at 2-0 down like no. getting anything in it but at the start of the game it just looked if somebody like, told you it was going to be 2-2 yeah, I could yeah. see that that, the, the, that one being a bit of a draw I mean I, there's this there's a, like a real cult of personality around Neil Lennon and it seems like he's infectious and if he's up for it and he's in the good place then it seems to spread out throughout his teams and it really seems to like emanate across the uh, across the squad but if he's sedate and you can tell from his post-match interviews that he's just not quite the same fire, fire that, yeah. that was there a couple of weeks ago then it does seem to be transferred and it's hard to tell what's coming first if it's he's kind of weary after the results and not quite sure what his next step is or if or or if it's the team that's kind of leading him but it it does seem to be like this cult of personality and and it's not quite working at the moment and as a result it's not quite working for Hibs because they look completely in control Horgan was having a cracking game all over a terrible Dundee side and then concede just before half time and it, Three weeks ago, four weeks, well, let's say six weeks ago, that would have been 4 1. Hibs would have won that game 4 1. They would have started the second half, the way they started the first, and Dundee would have got nowhere near it, but they just retreated, and they, their defence still doesn't look comfortable they look, persevering they look, with this. They look terrified. Like, Absolutely every, terrified. Every, every time, um, I mean, Dundee, Dundee looks as if they've, they've found a setup that works for them yeah. and that they've added some width, width which seems very undone like at the moment but I, I'm sure I said it before but the fullbacks having wingers in front of them everyone it's a very simple setup, but that's fine like having a simple setup is not a problem 4-4-1-1 four, four, one, one, not a big deal everyone knows where they're meant to be everyone knows what their, what their role is within it and it allows guys like uh, Paul McGowan who yeah. has been playing through a hernia which is miserable it's utterly, it's utterly miserable but him being back in the squad as, as well seems to have just been a, a huge, huge benefit for them, particularly when you've got wingers and you guys that are willing to graft. You've got somebody in the middle of the park who's going to run a bit of snarl at people again. That's fine, but both Dundee goals, goals came from very un-Dundee-like things of just driving at defences, just getting the ball down and run at them. I think it's the lack of width that Hibs have helps with that. Like they're, yeah. they're able to kind of get um, overloads. First goal with a Boyle shirt, he didn't track back and everything came down his side. Second goal, both Boyle and Stevenson were way too high up the park, um, and you could see there was that allowed Dundee to stretch things. So um, they could go. They they had so much space on the left and the right, and then the centre halves were all pulled apart because yeah. of it, and it just it just caused that chaos in both goals. And that's not something we've seen from him. Usually, their shapes been spot on. They've been really good with that, but in recent weeks, it has it's been a bit lax. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what it is, but they yeah, they just do seem to have lost something a little bit. It, I think for Dundee the big bonus for them will be that they've always the whole season they've been making individual mistakes and they did in this game yeah. as well they had Kasunga you can understand what he was trying to do he's, he's got, he can't leave it he, he has to do something yeah. Yeah. it's a bit, uh, a bit tomboy against Brazil about it like you have to do something and the thing you do just happens to be worse than what, do nothing yeah. um, 
There's going to be a lot of people very flattered with the comparisons there. Yeah, I like doing it. I like doing it. Um, although I was going to compare Liam Grimshaw to Jamie Hamill earlier when you were talking about him. I don't think he would have been keen on that one. Um, but the um, Flapjack um, flaps one and gets away with it. Yeah. Um, there was some slack passing and then two separate occasions where they gave the ball away in their in their own defensive third and got away with it. And sometimes that's just the wee stroke of luck it yeah. that you require, you know. Maybe as you said, we have would have won four one in another week, maybe in another week a team punished that and they're I was gonna say four 0 down, but they're they're four one down because yeah. of these two mistakes that they make. And this time around they didn't and they went on to, to get it really it really looked as well as if Kenny Miller was actually being the centre forward that he's that presumably Dundee thought they were, or presumably Levy thought they were signing in the first mm-hmm. place. Um all or Dundee he, he seems to rather be in dropping deep, it's a case of just be just go and be a centre forward. Yeah. That's fine and again that's where the goal comes from because instead of running around the midfield trying to get the ball off people, he's standing on the penalty spot ready to tuck it away and that's again said at the start of the season with Livingston but it still rings true now. This Miller is a good should be a good striker for this level and should be a, a difference maker for a team like Dundee. So it's a different to difficult to see uh, how Dundee would get somebody better than him particularly. Anything else? Nah, I think it was yeah, yeah that's pretty much it. Well the, the only other thing I had to add as well were two things actually. Dundee wearing like a dark blue base layer underneath that hideous kit they've got like it, it doesn't improve it it's, it actually exacerbates it and makes it look worse I've got a theory about kits which is that it has to be able to be made look good on the sports scene graphics so you've got like the graphics on the sports scene are quite nice for the pre, pre-match like the way they represent the shots and then you go on to Dundee and when I look at that I'm like those graphics look dodgy what the hell's going on there and then you go no, no the shirt looks exactly like it absolutely and spot on you have to get the strip the, if your strip doesn't look nice on sports scenes graphics don't wear it <laughs> but yeah, so call up the graphics department in advance send them a copy be like get to make guys, a draft. what does this look like and then if they send it back and it looks shit you're like okay get that one in the <laughs> but yeah, they, they all look like they're, they're about 16 hanging about like a a local punk gig with long sleeve t-shirts <laughs> underneath the top t-shirt it just looks terrible and as well as uh, Paul McGowan if you watch the second goal he looks he runs about right? it looks as if his elbows are dislocated because the bottom of his arms just move like that <laughs> I realise this is bad radio because I'm doing the action when I'm sitting at, but yeah watching yeah, the arms are one of those like, inflatable things you yeah, yeah. but it's, it's only it's not like he's, it's not like James Forrest with the arms all the way out it's just from his elbows down like, he runs like a normal person but then his hands are just flat. But it's honest. It's really off-putting. It's, it's absolutely worth seeing um, because once you see it, you can't really see it. So yeah, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> um, and then we we'll on to uh, the Hope CBD Stadium, probably. Um, so yeah, Celtic uh, bodied Hamilton in a in a shock to potentially no one. Uh, well, I think I did predict a draw in the. Um, <laughs> but I was the only one that got some there into one, so I'll take that. But um, now nah, Hamilton just they just I just felt like they'd been playing poorly recently, and sometimes that's just when they get a wee result. Yeah. But they they didn't even look like remotely like it. They were hopeless throughout. They looked uh, like the the goal. I thought the first goal summed them up. They were completely bamboozled by a short corner yeah. it was like uh, you know when you get a dog and you throw, you've got, you're throwing the ball you're throwing the ball for them and 
you fake to throw the ball, but yeah. it's still in your hand and the dog runs. But then it comes back and you fake to throw the ball again and it still runs every single time it doesn't learn. Their defence looked like that. It was like they were they were looking around like trying to work out what the hell's going on here. And they just every pass they didn't expect and then Christie's just kinda there to knock one in and it it was the simplest goal that you ever see. For, for a training ground move, it was made very easy by yeah, the see, way having defended it. It, it wasn't. It wasn't quite a Sean Maloney no. against <laughs> the Republic of Ireland of sort of two or three really, like really on, like just right on the toe passes to to craft the perfect move. Uh, no, it was just rubbish. Um, and that and that continued throughout. They, they just uh, yeah, they just weren't good. Uh, it was very difficult to tell if Celtic were any kind of good because. It's been a long this season. They've had quite a few challenging games, and they've had games where they've had to graft and they've had to go into a fourth or fifth gear to get even a point in some in some of these matches. But I can't remember another point this season when they looked so comfortable. Yeah, and it looked like if we had to score five, we could score five like within the next couple of minutes. Hamilton were. I, I mean, I don't want to say the worst side of in 90 minutes I've seen this season because I only, only watched the highlights but we were just talking about that at the start uh, yeah. about how even in the highlights they couldn't manage to engineer some sort of good piece of Hamilton play no. just to keep the angry from Hamilton from writing in and saying we had that one chance that he never showed that they were absolutely horrendous I thought, I, I thought it was really summed up by the, the third goal from Griffiths as well which it was. I just arrived at the third park and it was on the big screen in the Cooper bar and they did a shot from behind the goal and you could literally see where Griffiths was going to put it like all they had to do was hit the ball straight and the keeper wasn't going to get it the keeper was far too far over the ball wasn't far enough over just put it right there and we were sitting looking at it I was sitting watching it am I being really thick here? Like, is this something that I'm missing? Cause it, surely, surely it's not that easy and true to form Griffiths just stood up and just hit it straight down the line and it was straight into the corner like, unbelievable terrible absolutely terrible and and you wonder if that's uh, Gary Woods maybe um, be punted out for Jan Mucha who they've just signed who drove all the way to Hamilton yeah. in his uh, car because he thought he might need his car so he brought it all the way from Slovakia fair enough and the most low key way of announcing like an almost 50 time capped international yeah. goal played the World Cup like what you mean just that one the one that played in the English Premier League yeah. never written no Right. Okay. I do. I do. I am. I am intending to do this at some point, but and just retweet every picture of Martin Martin Canning with a new sign because his face is is identical <laughs> in every single one. And I was I was really glad he stayed true on brand. I don't know whether they take like forty photos just to get the one that's spot on, but it's the same it's face. It's just one of those wooden cutouts. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's, cut, it's a wooden Martin Canning just with a hand <laughs> just standing and looking, looking looking for the looking for the the handshake. Um, it was it was unbelievable. Um, and the only other thing more remarkable in this game was the the world's most obvious penalty as well. Yes, um, Kilgallen uh, was shades of uh, Stephen Taylor, yes. except Stephen Taylor <laughs> didn't get away with it. First, set, he got away with it once. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think, think he did it twice. I think he got away with it. I think in the game when Dyer and Boyer were fighting yeah. with each other, and the three of them got sent off because Taylor got sent off for handling one on the line. And then doing the exact same thing and pulling in his face. Yeah, <laughs> cannot cannot believe it was good. He was looking directly at it. Remarkable stuff. Um, also, if you want to read a good statement, um, I would advise heading to Hamilton Aki's website, um, where some <laughs> some local low lifes low lifes um, have uh, stolen some sweeties, um, and they would like to track the culprits. Part of the community. Yep, low lifes. 
Um, which takes us on to our final game. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, which is St Johnston now Kilmarnock now, which I gather was a much better game than the highlights showed and how it read as I looked at the score. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I um, travelled uh, to Perth. I was one of 3,000 odd low wives that were at the game. Um, and even though I paid 24 quid for it, it would have been 16 quid if I'd had a child with me. But I didn't, I didn't have a child. I was, I was penalised £8 pounds for not having a child. Um, Did you not borrow one? I, I was tempted to stand outside and kind of wait for someone to turn up with two kids. Because there was a guy in front of me, I saw two kids, and I was like, oh, here's my chance. But it was two guys with two kids, and I was like, fuck, it was like the grandpa and the dad. And I was like, shit. Or maybe I could have sent the grandpa in as a senior citizen, I never thought of that. But anyway, I just paid my 24 <laughs> quid and sucked it up. I've had enough free football recently. Um, and I didn't feel shortchanged for the 24 quid. Like, um, they, it, was a, it was a good game. Like, both teams are in really good form. There was, the first half, there weren't a lot of chances. It wasn't the best, but both teams were trying. Second half, it was pretty intense. It kind of had a cup tie feel to it. So there was, like... You know, Kelly with attacks and Johnson with counter attack, and yeah, it was a, it was a nice game, a, a fair result. Um, both like St Johnson's centre backs were, were immense. Kerry and Shaughnessy, um, Kelly dominated the midfield. I thought, I thought Dicker and Power were both very good, and and it just kind of all balanced out to being. It looked, it looked as if Power looked kind of very attacking, which is seen sort of out of out of out of the ordinary for him. I think a lot of the time recently he's been playing with Tishbala. Uh-huh. I do so Tishbala obviously is, um, naturally gets forward a lot. Tishbala's out injured just now. Dicker's come back in the team Dicker is even less um yeah. of an attacking player. He likes to sit in front of the defence and so Power had a bit of space to go and he did get himself into a lot of good attacking positions and he's not that bad there yeah. however you did there were a couple of times when you know you were like oh, I wish this wasn't Alan Power here <laughs> um, and, and I think had it been to ball in certain positions we might have been able to get a bit more out of it ultimately both teams will be happy enough with the point it's one of those funny situations we're talking about how results can like the next result can yeah. affect things for Kelly it's, it is actually just 1-1-5 one, one now Um which was, was at Tynecastle because they did the draw with Hamilton, which was a bad result, but yep. then draws at um, Ibrox and McDermott Park yep. are fine. Both of those teams are right up there in the battle for second place or first place or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Um, but Hibs at home next week, if you don't win that one, it starts to get into On that territory of... Yeah, Honestly. Are they, uh, is the bubble bursting and all that? But nah, it, was, it was a good game. Um, both teams good. Brilliant save from Xander Clark. The, yes. the one, the one yeah, save yeah. he was forced to make was excellent. Um, Stuart, it's just I don't think I've seen a better a player with a better touch in the league than Greg Stewart. He's just he's just just in terms of cutting inside, a wee bit slow. Um, drop him inside. Every every time see his ability to just drift past people is yeah. um, always always amazing because he's not as you say he's not a particularly quick player, but he can he does it. He just does it over and over yeah. again. And surely it's a case of. Sky Stewart, I know he's going to drift it. Oh, there he goes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just like you know he's going to do it, but he can't stop it. Yeah. Magic. Bit of okay. a podcast, you know we're going to do it and you can't stop it. <laughs> uh, one, only one thing I had St. Johnson have committed the fewest fouls in the, the division and for 16, 16
they've only got one and a, one point four bookings per match as well. It's because they're sexy. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't have it's one very sexy. Very full three game actually. It was quite um, <laughs> for for those two teams that you might expect yeah. to, to be quite a few. There were, were, were very few. Sensational. Well, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, we're off to do the the Patreon where we are going to. Uh, predict what's going to happen between now and Christmas um, because there's about 400 games of football to play so a lot of things can change um, so we'll be predicting things will change or won't change I think <laughs> so thanks very much Tom thank you thanks very much Craig thank you uh, you can sign up to the Patreon at terris, or, uh, patreon.com slash terrace podcast and get us all on social media thanks thank you cheerio Podcast Network.